I told you Sunday I was going to probably end the kingdom series last Sunday, but I, I left it open in case, I, in case God told me something different, and sure enough, I'm still on the kingdom. Amen? So, we're hanging with the kingdom for a little while longer. I don't know. I mean, we may do it another week or two or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure. But I, I just had some things I, I just wasn't satisfied with as we were on this subject. And so today, um, I want to just give you a little review of a couple of things that we've talked about uh, in the last few weeks. I want, I want to give you the definition, again, that I have concerning the kingdom. Um, God's kingdom is the realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled. And, and another definition uh, that I've given you is that the kingdom of God is God's way of thinking and doing and operating. God's kingdom, His domain, in that domain, in His kingdom, is the way He thinks and the way He operates. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> it's the way God thinks and the way God operates. Um, there are a lot of opinions in the world, but I can tell you today, <clears throat> truly, mine and your opinions are maybe worth uh, 50 cents. Our opinions really don't matter if they don't line up with the way he thinks. See, I didn't used to think that. And I used to think, you know, people really cared about my opinion. <laughs> but I'm just, giving, I'm just trying to help you out today. People really don't care about your opinion. Sorry but they just don't. You know, you know what they're really after? They're after information that produces results. And the only information that I know that produces results is God's way of thinking and doing. No other. So that's why we're talking about God's way of thinking and doing. And in Luke 12, we've read this, I think, just about every, uh, I know we have, we've read, we've read it every time we've ministered on the kingdom here in the last, I guess this is maybe number five or six, um, but it says in verse 29, and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your heavenly Father, or your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, seek God's way of thinking and, and doing, and all these things that he was just talking about, what you eat, what you drink, what you're going to wear, how you're going to figure this out, how you're going to pay this bill, how you're going to work through this situation. You can put anything in there that has to do with the natural because that's what he's talking about, natural things. He said, the kingdoms of the world seek after natural things. He said, your father knows you have need of these things. But then he said this. He said, but seek the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He desires to give you the information about how he thinks and operates. See, a lot of times we've got, we've got to break down what the kingdom really is. That's why I've defined it. That's why we've been talking about it so much. Because a lot of times when we think of kingdoms, we think of, you know, I mean, there have been many, many natural earthly kingdoms the roman empire was a kingdom in itself 
and it, and it was strong. And when people think of kingdoms, they think of things like that. But where God's concerned, the kingdom of God is not, is not about a natural location, okay? <clears throat> the, the nation of Israel is not the kingdom of God. Now, some people would disagree with me about that. But I'm telling you today, the nation of Israel is not the kingdom of God. God has had a covenant. God never breaks covenant. God still has a covenant with the nation of Israel. Everybody say, thank God for Israel. And the Bible says to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and you better be doing that. Amen? And you better back Israel. But Israel is not God's kingdom. God's kingdom is his way of thinking and operating from a spiritual perspective, taking the spiritual perspective and applying it to the natural realm. That's where I want to live. That's where I live, and that's where I want to live day to day. That's my desire day to day is to seek that because he will pour out all the natural things that we think are so important for us to deal with and fix and make sure all the natural things are right. He said he'll take care of that and he'll pour you out the ability to have all your needs met and everything else taken care of if you'll seek his way of thinking and operating first. And he'll give you all the other stuff with no stress. I'm going to say it again. He'll give you all the other stuff with no stress. So you have to seek his way of doing and operating. And that, I just, uh, as I was, I was gone this week and up in Fort Worth, and, and even as I was coming back, I just wasn't satisfied with what we had discussed and talked about regarding his way of thinking and operating and how to apply that. How to apply his way of thinking and operating. It's so, it's so important that I know how to think like him. Okay? And you can know what Scripture says, and you can say, well, okay, I know how to, I, I'm thinking like God is thinking, but how do you operate that way? How do you operate in the kingdom? How do you operate and, 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 and implement those ideas and those thoughts of his versus the other ideas or thoughts? All the ideas and ways of thinking of the world are backed by fear. All of God's ideas and ways of thinking are empowered by faith in him. And you have to separate the two and realize and judge in your life, what are you doing out of fear? How is the devil manipulating your life through fear to get you to focus on natural things and leave spiritual things and God's way of thinking and operating over to the side? Because he works overtime to do that. I'm telling you today, he works overtime to keep you distracted with natural things. I think I said this last week, but I'll say it again. I mean, think about how much time that you spend preparing for natural things. How much time a person that people spend preparing or thinking about or meditating on what they're going to do with their next meal. 
If you're going to eat your next meal in a restaurant, where am I going to go in this and that and the other? If you're going to eat your next meal at home, how are you going to prepare and all the effort that goes into the preparation of making sure that that's done? Is there anything wrong with eating? No. But he said, don't take the care of those kind of things. So what does that look like? What does it look like taking the care of your next meal? You can go beyond meals and all the preparation that we do about making sure that everything in the natural, that our homes are clean and all those kind of things. Is, is a clean home a bad thing? No. No. But if you're stressed to the max at trying to have a clean home, God said in his word, what we just read here, is he will pour out on you the ability to make sure you have a clean home, to prepare you, whatever the natural things that we have to prepare. All the time we spend mentally to prepare for natural things, he will give you the ability to do that without stress. That's a good thing. You can put anything in there in the natural. He knows, again, what did he say? He knows you have need of all these things. Matthew's translation, or, or Matthew's account of this said, but seek first the kingdom and then all the other stuff. And we've got, we've got to be convinced of living a life like that. We, ha we have to be convinced of that. If you, if you and I are not convinced, um, then we spend time wasting time. Because God, if God is not in the middle of what you're doing day to day, and, and you are actually, you by choice are removing him from the equation of day-to-day -day operation then folks, you and I are on our own. And I'm telling you, you're not a good leader of your life. Well, Pastor, I don't know about all that. I've worked really hard to be all this kind of stuff, yeah? Probably stressed to the max to try to be a good leader. And yet, his wisdom and understanding, I mean, we're talking about God. We're talking about the creator of this universe and who knows how many other universes. <laughs> We're talking about the one that's been here from before the beginning of the world that we know with Adam and Eve. He, he and Father, Father, Word, and Holy Spirit were before them. <laughs> they had a plan for you and I before Adam and Eve. And they had the plan of redemption before Adam and Eve gave it away. That's who we're talking about. Now, can he not have the plan for your life? Why would I want to remove him from the equation? Why would I want to be on my own? Well, you know, I, I got all these things to do, and, you know, I, I don't want to bother God with those kind of things. No, 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 that, that, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I've heard many people say those kind of things. You know, God's, God's just involved in the big stuff. Well, I don't know about you, but if you look around all the big stuff, God's not involved in it at all because there's not people that have Christ revealed in them and involved in some of the big stuff. Huh? No, God, God, I mean, God's not in control of the planet. 
Not the God I know. The hell that's going on on this planet and God's in control of that, not my God. Maybe yours, but that's not the God I serve. No, the earth is his in the fullness, but he gave authority to the sons of men. Adam and Eve gave it away. He didn't take it back. So for 4,000 years, it was under other control, and and Satan had control in the earth. Well, Jesus brought it back, and now we're in a position to operate in the authority that God gave us back then. He never took it away. So why would we want to operate without him in the equation? I don't. So I have to think like him. I have to learn to operate like him and have to learn how to implement the way he wants things implemented in my life. He wants to be in absolute control of every decision that I make. But I have to make the decisions. He won't make the decisions for you. Remember, he didn't send us a doer in the Holy Spirit. He sent us a helper. I'm going to say it again. He didn't send us some, somebody to do it for us. People say, well, I'm just waiting for God to do it. You're going to wait till hell freezes over because he's already done it all. Right? Now we've got to learn from him about what to do. That's kingdom thinking. To be, I mentioned this word, I mentioned this statement last week about kingdom culture, creating the, a culture of the kingdom. It, it, it's to have the thinking of the kingdom, to understand how the kingdom operates. And to do that, to understand kingdom thinking, you have to be spiritually minded. The natural mind will not understand God's way of thinking and operating. The natural mind. But when you start thinking from the spirit of God, and your spirit, your human spirit that's one with the Holy Spirit begins to renew your natural mind, then your natural mind begins to think like kingdom. And that's what has to happen. You and I have to make sure that God is in the equation of our life. I don't want to remove him. I want him added to everything that I'm doing. I have to say that after all the years of my salvation, 44 plus now, I've said this many times, but but I, I see it so much more all the time, and it draws me closer to him. But the more I think I know, the more I realize I don't know. The more, I mean, I mean I'm learning more, I'm, I'm spending more time with God than I ever have in my life, and the more I do, the more I realize I don't know. Because what happens is, when you get to know God, you realize how big God is. And so, so where in my early years of walking with God, it seemed like God was like right here. Yeah, man, I'm learning everything. I'm, I'm a man of faith and power for right now. Got everything down. Got to understand everything. Well, I had to grow and get empowered with the Word of God so I could get delivered of pride. <laughs> Anybody else laughing? Or no, no, just me. <clears throat> I, I had to grow in the Word of God and revelation of God's Word so I could get delivered of pride. So see, I, I grew really quick because I was passionate for the Word of God. Then I thought I had it all, but it was all about me. Then as I had the authority to and and understanding of God's word to be able to admit that I was more about myself than about the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom. I got delivered to those kind of things over time, 
and I continue to, and the more I do, the bigger God gets. And the more you want him, and the bigger he gets. And the more you want him, and the bigger he gets. There's no end to this kingdom and the understanding of who God is. Why would we not want God in the middle of everything that we're doing? I say yes and amen. Someone shout yes. I like this translation of Matthew 16, 19. It's the CEV translation. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. The keys to the kingdom. What does a key do? When you have the key to a door that is locked, it unlocks the door. The keys to the kingdom unlock the revelation that God desires for us to have. And God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth. But he will not allow anything that you don't allow. Hmm. I don't know about you, but what I get out of that is I need to be, no, I need to be knowing in my life what to be allowing and what not to be allowing. Hmm? Now, <clears throat> one of the things that we do around here, we've, we've preached this a lot. I've preached it a lot in the last, especially, especially in the last 10 years. But over the last two or three years, and especially this year, we had a, we had a series this year. If, you'd, if you weren't here, you can, go to, you can download our app and listen to all those. They're free. They won't cost you a dime. You can go listen to any of these messages. But, but the series we did on words are the keys. Words are the keys that unlock. And, and what words do, what words of God's word do, is they unlock the keys to the kingdom of God, knowing what to allow and what not to allow. Words do. And when I said at the beginning of my message, what needs to be understood is how to apply God's way of thinking and doing. It's one thing to know that that's what you need to do and walk away and think, okay, oh man, I got that's a big load. No, it's not a big load. You just take it a step at a time. But what's so beautiful about it is he's given us a plan, and I'm not going to go into all that today, but I'm just mentioning what we talk about here around here a lot, is the key... The words are the keys that unlock the kingdom, and the keys to the kingdom unlock the unlimited source of supply to whatever you and I need to do. And the way that words are that, just hold on, I had that right there and I let it go. So listen to, listen to these things. You, you've heard these before, but listen to the importance of what I'm going to say right now. Today, the Holy Spirit is revealing everything that the Father has done for me. I'm not in fear of failure. It's not like it looks at anything. Today, everything is subject to change for the good. I have faith, hope, and love. I resist grief and sorrow. I'm an overcomer. I walk by faith and not by sight. I press through to victory in everything. I'm delivered today from the spirit of anger and fear. Spirit of the Lord gives me liberty and freedom. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
I humble myself under his mighty hand daily by casting every care. I'm loved by God. I'm the branch. He's the vine. I can do nothing without him. I can do all things with him. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless and ineffective against me this day in Jesus' name. I mean, I can't read these without wanting to like, you know, take off with a backpack, a, a, a power pack on my back, like lost in space. How many remember lost in space? Come on, Andrew. Four of you. Anyway. <clears throat> I mean, taking off with a backpack. I, I want to go through the roof when I read these things because they're so a part of my life. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless and ineffective against me this day. When I was gone this week, I saw the manifestation of some of those things in and through people's lives. I already had that covered. Already had it covered. Already know how to deal with situations like that because it's so a part of my life. Why? Because God gave me the authority to do it. That's kingdom thinking. And you apply it in a given situation by yielding to what God's word says instead of yielding to what your mind is saying. I was coming out of the convention center in Fort Worth, and I was looking, like maybe from here, it was, I was from here to the booth in the back, and I was walking out maybe a little bit farther. I could just see a crowd of people around. The closer I got, I saw something was going on, so I began to pray in the Spirit. I always do that. I always pray in the Spirit when I see something going on or something is up, or just even if I go in a place of business. Sometimes I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll just say, God, you, you need to use me in here today, please. I'm available for you. See, because he needs us. Everybody say that. He needs us. Say, God needs me. God needs us in the earth. Because he, he, he is here to flow through us, right? But we have to yield to him and allow him to use us in the earth. So as I was getting closer to whatever this was, I could see a guy was laying on the ground and he was kind of jumping around like so. And as I was praying in the spirit, I really wasn't getting anything. You, you know, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm saying this real quickly, but I've trained myself to know how to hear the voice of God. I don't say I do every, anything perfectly or whatever, but I'm confident that I can hear the voice of God. I'm confident that when I pray in other tongues, I can hear God about a situation. As I'm getting closer, I can tell this guy's down and they're doing something with him. And, and so I, I kind of backed up, but nobody's praying or speaking anything over him, you know. And I just asked the Lord, do you want me to do anything? And the Lord, I, I just heard this. Look at his eyes. So I, I, I kind of walked around the edge. By that time, he was sitting up and drinking a lemonade. Somebody's lemonade. I don't know who it was. <clears throat> and he's drinking a lemonade. And I'm looking at the guy's eyes. And, and I, the Lord says, it's not real. Go on. And I just went on, you know. Well, EMS pulled up and they got out. And I, I, walked, I walked a little bit farther. I thought, no, I'm going to come back. I, I, I want to see what's going on. Because I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what God says about a situation. So as I get closer, or as I come back and I'm looking at the situation, the EMS guys are mad and frustrated. They didn't even put him in there, you know. And, and I could see that they could see it wasn't a real situation. Well, God told me that before they even showed up. 
See, I could have gotten all involved in that situation, jumped in on top of him, you know, and laid hands on him and done whatever, but God didn't tell me to do that. Yeah. See, Jesus had to only do what Father said. He could, there were things he couldn't do too because Father didn't tell him to do. Can you say amen to that? So we have to be aware of those kind of things. About 20 years ago or so, I was, we, we were in a restaurant here on a Sunday, maybe 25 years ago. We're in a restaurant, and there was a person that was a couple of tables away, and somebody fell out of their chair and began to go into some type of a seizure, swallowing their tongue and the whole thing. And before I could even think about what I was doing, I was on top of this person. You were just right over the, over the top of them, not on them, but over the top of them. And, and speaking over their body. God had led me to speak over them. I mean, the restaurant was full. I mean, I mean, people were just like, what the heck, you know? And in a moment, the EMS people came in a little while after that, and as I was speaking over, they, they settled down. And the EMS people came, and, and they, they took the person to the hospital. And I, I came back a couple of days later and was asking the people at that restaurant, you know, what happened to that lady? We said, well, the, she went to the, to, to the hospital, and then they let her go. She was fine. You know, and, you know, people die of seizures, you know, not all the time, but people die of seizures. And I, I, I mean, before I could even think about it from my spirit, man, I laid hands on that person and did what God said. You, you understand? I've done that maybe in, in a public place like that, maybe three or four times in 44 years. But that was one of those cases, but that wasn't one because God didn't say that's kingdom thinking. That's the way the kingdom operates. We have to hear the voice of God before we do the things that he said, but you'll never hear the voice of God if you don't have a daily routine of what God thinks. Those confessions I was just reading to you here, I, one of the things that I say every day, I hear his voice, I do what he says, and I worry about nothing. You need to hear yourself every day saying things like that. That's why you need the development of a daily routine. All of these things that I'm saying right here are pieces of Scripture put together in different translations and in different forms, mainly making them either for the first person or for other people. But you need to be speaking what God's will is so you can hear the voice of God when God is telling you to do something in a specific way. You'll never hear God if you don't know what God thinks. If, if I was standing up here today and telling you uh, my testimony. And I was telling you I lived here and I did this and all this kind of stuff. And then somebody asked you later, so uh, where, where was Pastor Burt born? Oh, he was born in Mount Pleasant, Utah. I really had you know that. Well, I heard him say it. Right? How are you going to know what God's saying if you don't know what he thinks? And how will you know what he thinks if you don't create a daily routine of what his word says because his word is the way he thinks and what he says. He's already said everything that we need to know in this life is in this book. It's in the Bible. Everything you need in this life, not in the life to come. I'm telling you, this is just like a half a version of unlimited versions 
of Scripture and understanding of the things of God. He's unlimited. Who he is and what he knows and, and what we know about him, it, we know that there's no limit to him. He doesn't come to, there's only five, five copies of the Bible or, or writings or whatever, and that's all of God. No, it's unlimited. There's no end to it. But in this life, this is what we need to know. You understand, not an iPad, but you understand, Scripture is what you and I need to know. The Word of God is what we need to know. But you'll never know that if you don't know how He thinks and what He said. And you'll never know and make it a part of you in your life if you don't declare daily what He says is so. Can you say amen to that? Those daily routines are vital for what God has for us. Um, so, just a couple of more verses that I, I just want you to be aware of. Jesus said this to his disciples in John 14, in verse 26. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He will teach you all things. And he'll bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. What will he do? He will teach you all things. You can have a head full of knowledge up here and know all kinds of things. But if you don't yield and give place to the Holy Spirit and allow him to reveal the truth to you on a daily basis, you'll never know really what God wants to do for you. Every day in my daily confession and my daily routine is I'm declaring specific things. Every day when I get to certain statements that I make, the Holy Spirit will just arrest me, just arrest my soul. I'll stop right in the middle of what I'm saying, and I'll say those things over and over and over and over again. And many times for days, he'll remind me of just that one statement over and over and over and over again. The, the, the confession that I made earlier about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places are rendered powerless and ineffective in my life, where my life is concerned. Not too long ago, I came to that and, and God was just saying to me, not only are they rendered powerless and ineffective against your life, but your family and your church body powerless and ineffective. I spent the next probably three days thanking God for wisdom and understanding coming to myself, my family, and this church family of how the enemy operates in their life. I, I just spent a number of days. I promise you that doesn't hurt us, that helps us, that advances us. When you get something like that for yourself or for other people, when you get that, it's because God is speaking, he's revealing it to you, and I mean, I'm telling you, it's not based on what I see changing in the natural, because the supernatural thing is not a spectacular thing, it is what, it, what I just said, it's supernatural, amen? It's supernatural, not spectacular all the time, it's supernatural, and supernatural things work from the spirit to the natural. And when you see it and you have it and you know that what you saw is what God revealed in the moment, then you know things are changing in people's lives because of what God showed you. 
See, there's no manifestation without truly believing in what you're doing. As Fabian was saying earlier about sowing a seed and reaping a harvest. You need to say those. He, he mentioned the confessions that he had over his giving and tithing every day. You need to be saying those things because there's times when we have all tithed or sown and there was doubt in our head, but because of what we say over our tithes and offerings, we believe it in our heart. You never see manifestation without believing, but you're never going to really believe until you begin to declare what God thinks and says. My daily confession is not to change circumstances in the moment. My daily confession of the word is to change the way I think. I'm going to say it again. My daily confession of the word is not throwing a bunch of word at difficult situations. My daily confession every day is to declare what God says is so and me believing that more than I believe anything else. And when I do that, then, then I'm in a position, I'm in a position, listen to me, you know, you know what Mark 11 verse 23 says, whoever says to this mountain, what does the mountain represent? A, a literal hill or a mountain? No. It, it represents difficult situations, something that is big or something coming against you. Whoever says to this difficult situation, be taken up, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to come to pass, he has whatever he says. Well, that passage of Scripture has been misunderstood for so long because what Jesus just said there is that when you say something in faith, meaning you really believe it, that's where you get the results. All of us start out not really sure whether that's really true or not. So we don't speak to mountains with unbelief. We speak the Word of God every day to build our faith so we get in a position to be able to speak to mountains and they get removed. Then people begin to believe that speaking to a mountain will really remove a mountain because we believed it the same way Jesus cursed the fig tree in the story right before that in Mark 11. It didn't die and... and, and just become nothing that day, they noticed it the next day. But he believed that cursing that fig tree, it would dry up from the roots and never bear fruit because that's what he heard God say. Jesus spent 30 years confessing and meditating the will of God and what the will of God was so that when he started his earthly ministry baptized in the Holy Spirit, he could now, in the earth, operate, hearing from the voice of God and doing whatever the Father said, so he was the perfect example that you and I would follow after. Now, if there are things that he couldn't do, who do we think we are that we're going to accomplish things in this world, right, that God didn't tell us to do? So when you have a mountain situation and there's just some unbelief and some things that you're not sure about, what you need to be doing day to day is declaring just what God says is so. Father, I thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You might stop as you're saying that and say something like, you know, 
I don't know how this is going to change. I don't see any way for it to change. I just know that that's what you said, and I'm just choosing to worship you and thank you today. You're not speaking to the mountain, let's say, of debt or lack or whatever. You're acknowledging on a day-to-day basis that he meets your needs according to his riches. You're, you're, you're speaking out of your mouth what his will is, and you're beginning to think that way. And there's a day that comes when you're in a, in a difficult situation. Maybe it's financial. I'll just use that as an example. And you realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not God's will. I speak to this lack right now, and I command you to go in the name of Jesus. You say, well, does that mean all of a sudden that's just going to be removed? I don't know. But if you believed it, it will change. You know when it changes? The moment you believe it. Not the moment you say it. It's the moment you believe it. So you say what God says is so every day. Then when you get in a situation where you're releasing faith for something, you really believe that it's so, and it will come to pass. But it comes to pass because you've already got it in here. See, nobody can talk you out of it. So let's just say, I'm just using this as an example, let's just say you were deep in debt. And you got in debt because of a lot of bad investments or doing things that you shouldn't have done. Maybe you borrowed money and you, you, you charged a bunch of credit cards up and you did a bunch of stuff like that. Well, speaking against that debt and not changing some things that got you in that place will just keep you, or maybe you get out of debt, you'll go right back in it. Is that any good? Absolutely not. But when you're speaking daily the word of God, God is ministering to you. When you're a part of a local church and you're hearing the word taught, faith comes by hearing and hearing by this word. But when you're hearing the word taught and you're declaring the word and meditating on it, then over time, God begins to show you, you know what? You need to tear those credit cards up or you need to do this or you need to do that. I mean, credit cards cards aren't bad, but they're bad if they're in your hands and you don't know what to do with them. Did you hear what I said? So what you need is wisdom. Any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give to that person. That's the time that you're spending, developing wisdom, developing understanding, and that comes through the declared word. As you're consistent and faithful on a daily basis of speaking and declaring what God's word says, in the seed of the word is what you need. I don't know how that happens. It just happens. I don't know how that's happened over the last 44 years in my life, but it just happens. And what it does is it gives me the faith to be able to speak to specific things, and those things are removed. That's the God that we serve. Can you say amen to that? I got two single verses that I want to end with today. Romans 14 and verse 17. Well, before I read that one, I want to read Isaiah 55, 9. Isaiah 55 and 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, we don't know how high, how much higher the heavens are than the earth, but it's a big distance. And he said, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So we've got to get closer to his ways of thinking and his thoughts. And the more we do, That's where we create kingdom culture because that's all he's about is establishing his kingdom upon the earth. Can you say amen to that? Romans 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness 
It's peace and it's joy where? In the Holy Spirit. Not just out there around the Holy Spirit, it's in Him. And where is He? If you're born again, He's in you. So in Him, in Christ, in the Holy Spirit, is what's right in God's Word, in His kingdom, righteousness, the peace of God, and the joy of the Lord that is your strength. All of those things are in Him. But where does that come from? I just keep, I just keep emphasizing, I go back to your daily routine in the Word. That is more important than anything else as you're growing in an ability to hear the voice of God about the things that you need in life. Can you say amen? I said two. This is the last one. This is three. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or the separating of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and as a discerner, the word of God is a discerner, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Do you have the, do you have the amplified version there that you could put on the screen for me? Yep, there it is. For the word of God speaks, is alive, and it's full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. What is? The word of God, right? You can ask some people the question, you know, do, do, you, do you have the word of God? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's on my shelf, meaning they have a Bible on the shelf. But the Bible on the shelf is not the Word of God until it comes out of your mouth and gets in your heart. It's just another book. It has the potential to produce life, but it won't produce life just in being a book in itself. So, what is it? It's alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's the Word of God. That's why it's so important, the words coming out of your mouth. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life or soul and the immortal spirit, go ahead, and of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing, I like this, watch this, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. What did we just read in Isaiah 55, 9? Leave that, leave that there just for a second. In Isaiah 55, 9, what did we just read? His thoughts and ways are so much higher than our ways and thoughts. And the Spirit of God in us, who's the third part of the triune being, He's in us. And through the Word of God, He's judging our very thoughts and purposes of our heart so that He can change them. So then the distance between the way God thinks and the way I think begins to narrow. And they get to be closer and closer. And the rest of your life, that's the way it is. It's going to get closer and closer and closer. And you think you're going to come to the end. And all of a sudden, you realize how much bigger he is. And then... Never comes to the end. Never. But we've got God himself inside of us. 
revealing to us, you know what? That thought stinks. Holy Spirit ever said that to you? That thought stinks. That's not my thought. That I wouldn't do it that way. But he won't jump in and stop you, and you can do it your way. You can do anything you want to your way. But the desire to change the way that we think and talk and operate, the desire to change that, I mean, maybe you found some other way, but I've not found another way. It comes, it comes from the seed of the word itself. In the seed of the word that I speak every day is the desire to change and to think and operate like God in the seed itself. In an apple seed are the apples. A little bitty seed. There's a tree. There's trees in there. There's, there's apples in there in that little bitty seed. They're in there. But you don't plant that thing. You can confess over that all day long. I command that seed to become a tree. Ain't going to happen until it goes in the ground. Principle of the kingdom, you sow a seed, you reap the harvest of that seed. Not just financial. Financial, but not just financial in any way. You begin to speak and declare the word of God, that seed that you're sowing, and it will produce harvest. What it will produce is the discerning of the thoughts and intents of the heart so that what I'm thinking and the way I'm operating and the way I do certain things begin to change and now I'm doing the way he would do. Can you say amen to that? God is the master discerner. He's the master leader. He's the master organizer. He's got it all figured out for you and I. And I, I just, I got to say it again. I cannot emphasize enough that the desire, the want to, and the follow through for all of those things are in the daily confession, sowing the seed of the Word of God in your life on a daily basis. Then the Holy Spirit has something to reveal to you because every day, every single day, that I go through my daily confessions. I've been consistent in the confessions and things that I have right now for over the last seven years. I was fairly consistent before, but I've really been consistent on a day-to-day -day basis, never missing, because without that, if I put that first, everything else works out, and he's proven that to me time and time and time again. And during the day, as I'm confessing those things, he'll arrest my, my soul. He'll, he'll arrest me in the moment and say, I want you to focus on this. This thing you say every day, you've said this for, for weeks and months and years, and today I want you to really focus on this. See, he could never tell me that had I not spoken the word on a day-to-day -day basis. Everybody hear me today. I'm telling you, you get a hold of this in a deeper way. What you're creating day-to-day -day is kingdom culture, God's way of thinking and operating in the earth. You're creating that on a day-to-day -day basis. And I tell you what, when we're involved in what God is doing, you can't lose. The reason people lose is they're not involved in what God is doing. They know God, they're born again, they love God, but they're not operating day to day the way God wants them to operate. 
And I just gave you the key to unlock the leading of the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis in your life. And that it, it comes from the confession of God's Word. Can you say amen?